Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, let's talk about uh, our oceans and waterways. Well, today, uh, the federal government uh, said it's investing over $46 million over the next five years uh, to see what's, as they say, under BC, uh, Canada's oceans and how to protect them. Uh, Fisheries Minister Joyce Murray said that the understanding of the marine environment is, as she said, relatively meager, uh, given that the oceans cover about 70% of the Earth's surface, which uh, I think there's lots of research being done and has been done on that, but the minister says they're going to do more, which uh, I don't think anybody's going to complain about. The funding will come from the government's uh, ocean protection plan, which they've set aside $3.5 billion nationally. Take a listen to the minister today. It's imperative that Canada better understand our oceans in terms of how they're changing, how we can support their ecosystems, and how we can sustainably manage resources. That was uh, Joyce Murray earlier today. Now, she's been very busy because yesterday she, along with the BC counter, her, her BC uh, counterparts and 15 coastal First Nations, uh, they officially endorsed uh, sort of a vast network of marine protected areas along Canada's west coast. Uh, it's a marine refuge, and uh, basically it will stretch all the way from northern uh, Vancouver Island to the Canadian the Canada-Alaska border. Now, the federal government says it wants uh, wants to conserve about 25% of Canada's oceans by 2025 and 30% by 2030. Now, when you look at this uh, at the outset, certainly at a 30,000-foot level, you're going to go, well, this sounds wonderful, this sounds great. Uh, but, of course, there's many people uh, and uh, communities that rely on fishing uh, and uh, many other industries in and around our coastal waters. Joining me now is Grant Dovey. He's executive director of the Underwater Harvesters Association, which is a member of the BC Seafood Alliance. Grant, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Uh, it, it is a, it's a huge area, and of course it'll take time as this uh, northern shelf bioregion, as it's called, uh, get sort of uh, protected slowly. First of all, uh, talk to me a little bit about what impact this has on your industry and the broader Seafood Alliance. Well, um, <clears throat> I sum up our, 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 our industry right now as... as Disappointed, angry, and, and, and worried. Um, disappointed, uh, Jazz, because when we first saw the first scenario of this network action pro, um, plan back in 2019, we thought we can help the partners, the provincial government, federal government, and signatory First Nations. We can help them reach their targets, yet uh, still allow for world-class, sustainable managed fisheries in the, in the northern shelf. Um, and so we went to work. And we rolled up our sleeves and we provided extensive advice to the partners on hundreds and hundreds of zones in the NSB back in February 2020, mm-hmm. all, the while, all the while meeting or exceeding the partners' um, ecological conservation priorities, yet mitigating the impacts to, to commercial fishing. And so far, uh, despite our best efforts, uh, our advice, uh, we had no meaningful response on our advice and we're not seeing 
any uh, meaningful edits or changes to the scenario that's uh, been released just uh, yesterday. So if this marine refuge, uh, as announced, moves forward uh, through the fullness of time, what, do you, what kind of impact do you see to the members of the Seafood Alliance and, your, and your, uh, as a member of the Underwater Harvesters Association? I would be devastating if it went through as is. Uh, we're talking about impacts to key fisheries in the um, best fishing area on the coast, of lost access of 30 to 50 percent uh, of their catch, uh, which is uh, well above the um, recommended protections that um, the partner's own scientists had recommended for many of these fisheries down around 10 or 20 percent. So we just don't understand why um, the industry is being hit so hard. And it's led to loads of uncertainty. We've got fourth, fifth generation fishing families considering whether they should stay in the industry. We've got new entrants to the fishery, including uh, uh, First Nation commercial fishing enterprises with uh, recently signed uh, fisheries reconciliation agreements that are wondering about their recent investments as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for our audience, you're talking about uh, commercial fishermen and, and fisheries, but can you give me a broad, broad sense of who the BC Seafood Alliance is, what kind of uh, industries we're talking about beyond just fishing? Uh, well, the BC Seafood Alliance is a nonprofit. Uh, we were established in the um, uh, mid-90s, and we represent, uh, uh, we're an umbrella group that represents um, traditional seafood uh, producers, uh, fishermen on the water, license holders, marketers, exporters, uh, seafood processors. Um, the Seafood Alliance collectively represents about 90% of the wild commercially harvested seafood in, in BC. Mm-hmm. Now, you obviously, as you say, have presented your case Based on what you've been saying here and what I'm hearing, nothing you have said uh, has been listened to. Did, I mean, were you expecting uh, it to be for the, for the federal government and the provincial government to ignore basically everything you have been suggesting in regards to keeping your uh, industry um, relevant uh, in this broader conversation? No, no, not at all. I mean, we of course, we didn't expect them to um, uh, take our advice uh, carte blanche. Um, but we did expect um, uh, true uh, back and forth and uh, um, compromise and uh, being at the table, and we just haven't we just haven't seen that. It's it's ironic because uh, myself and uh, some other colleagues <clears throat> in the commercial fishing industry from BCC Food Alliance are presenting at this same conference, this Impact Five conference, uh, on Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, about um, how. Uh, industry worked with the Council of Haida Nation and Parks Canada to jointly implement uh, marine zoning in Guayanas. Um, and that was a success story that led to compromise, and we were at the announcement for that uh, zoning. So for our audience, Impact uh, 5 is a, it's a global ocean conservation conference that is occurring right now in Vancouver, and there are representatives from 123 countries uh, meeting to discuss the state of the world's ocean. So this is where the, the announcement yesterday was made and today uh, from Fisheries Minister um, uh, Joyce Murray. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Grant, the idea of a marine refuge, are, you, are your members still supportive of that, or is it a question of uh, not even not wanting to see a refuge? Are there other ways to work around this? Or can you, can you, can you, would your members accept a refuge that perhaps it be uh, perhaps not as large and the scope not be as large? Are you against a marine refuge at the end of the day? No, no. Um, our members are not opposed to marine planning. Um, 
like I say, we helped establish a model for compromise mm-hmm. uh, and commercial fishing input through a previous Guayanas process in 2018. Um, we think we can use that same process here, um, meet or exceed those ecological conservation priorities, yet reduce the impacts to the commercial fishing industry so that you can still have viable, sustainable fisheries in the northern shelf. Um, so this this is uh, clearly more than about ecological conservation priorities. It's rec- marine planning and reconciliation are are linked. Mm-hmm. So what happens next now? Obviously, the federal government feels they can move forward. The provincial government feels they they should move forward on their plan. They have fifteen coastal First Nations uh, who appear to endorse this plan as well. Uh, what happens to your uh, alliance, and what are your next steps? Well, like I say, there's lots of uncertainty out there, but at the very least, what we would like um, is uh, obviously commercial fisheries are going to be part of reconciliation into the future, right? Mm-hmm. Which is going to mean profound changes for our members. Um, so, BC commercial fisheries participants, current participants, First Nation and our First Nation, need uh, a transition plan. We need to be able to work with the government to adopt to this new future and ensure that a very small group of Canadians does not incur the full cost of this reconciliation, which, in our opinion, should be borne by all Canadians. So we we would like this uh, transition strategy or transition table to to be set up. And I think the the people on the water that we've worked with for years and look in the eyes on the boats, they all agree to that, but we just haven't been able to get um, the minister to agree to set that up. Well, we'll continue to follow the story. Really appreciate your time today, Grant. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for your interest.